Want to know what is happening in the world of energy in buildings? Want to learn how to make your indoor environment the most comfortable and efficient? Welcome to the Eco Expert Podcast by Schneider Electric and your host, Martin Fader. This podcast has been created to give you the latest information of how technology is shaping the way we are using, designing, and controlling the energy usage in buildings to create more efficient and comfortable environments. With the help of my co-hosts Dushan Janjic and Kevin Morin, both experts in their fields of environmental and power control, over the coming months with the help of case study examples, interviews and open discussion, we hope to bring you the latest news and ideas about how you can improve the use of energy in your buildings. Thank you for tuning back in to the EcoExpert podcast, Enabling Buildings of the Future. It's been quite an interesting few weeks since our last podcast, which I hope you enjoyed. Um, I had some really good feedback from that again. I thank those for you that do email me or leave messages. Uh, one of them in particular was quite an interesting one that I picked up on, where the listener actually was asking about the a previous episode, actually, where we talked about um, the IoT of things and the security of computer systems, and more importantly, how we back up systems and make sure that they're always running. And the question was basically rolled around about the other technologies on the market, how other providers uh, resolve that situation, as it were, what options were there. So I did a little bit of hunting and actually went through Schneider Electric and discovered that Schneider has a working relationship with a company called Stratus. Now, some of you may know the company Stratus. Its, uh, it's name has come as a result of various acquisitions that it has made. But it is really a specialist company, a very large specialist company, in providing what we would call backup systems, both including the hardware and the software, probably more importantly, the software to make sure that it's running all the time, but also the hardware that it runs on. Um, so what I did was I hunted around and found some gentlemen, uh, two from the UK, one from the US, that I promptly asked whether we could jump onto a Zoom call, which we did. And I asked them about their business, how it works, and what the trends were in the market. And you're about to listen to that. Um, now, it was recorded directly from Zoom, so it may sound probably something that you're quite used to. I, I'm sure everybody's listening to Zoom and team calls. Uh, so the sound quality is okay. Uh, it's, it's very clear. Uh, but obviously, you can tell that we're, we're talking long distance. So uh, without further ado, let me just kick straight into that. And uh, here we go with the Stratus team. So um, Stratus, we've been around for 40 years, and we are an edge computing company focused really on providing availability um, to, the, to the edge. Um, we're synonymous with fault tolerance, uh, and what that really means is our systems are designed to make sure that your applications that are critical to your operations run at all times. Um, Although most people know us for fault tolerance, really one of the, one of the things that we also focus on that, that we understand is extremely important is manageability at the edge and, and how that's different from typical IT environments. Um, in the OT environments where we tend to operate and be very successful, there's limited people um, there to support the infrastructure and the compute infrastructure. Um, they're not typically IT experts. So what we do is we try to simplify a availability. Uh, 
um, and make it to where anybody uh, from an electrician or a uh, facilities maintenance person or an operator can really dig into the system and, and provide any maintenance that's necessary to maximize availability and, and make sure that um, your computing environment stays up and running, protects your applications, and is not the cause of problems. So, so I have a question just on, on the Stratus bit, actually, and maybe a little bit of background on that. I, I looked on the internet, and c can you maybe explain, as, I mean, Stratus, you say, have been around for 40-odd years, but how have they grown, and, and, and what sort of brands and products do you have in your range? Yeah, I, I can take that one, if you like, Martin. So, um, yeah, it, it's a great question. I mean, we started off actually in the financial markets. You know, this is where we've we've uh, our core competence arose, protecting financial data. And I think when, when people talk about data protection, you know, financial data is probably the most, most important data you can start off with. But um, as Rudy was saying, you know, in, in, in his answer to the last question, you know, it, it's the way we look at how we provide availability of protection. You know, we realize that people using our kit is not, are not always IT experts and knowledge centers for, for IT technology. So it, we think very much about the ergonomics that somebody may have no experience, no background with IT. You know, the, the way we service and manage our equipment to maintain uptime can be carried out with somebody with really no, no skills or background in our, our, uh, in, in our technology specifically. So it, it's, it's that that makes a kind of very key USP to what we're doing. And, and this has accelerated our growth, particularly in industrial and building sectors, because engineers have a lot of, a lot of things going on in their world, but they're not going to become overnight IT experts. So this is what's been driving the adoption of Stratus um, in, in the industrials and, and building sectors. Um, our product range consists really of three, three key pro products. Um, we have our FT server product, which is a rack-based, highly scalable, highly available uh, platform. We also have a software uh, version of uh, a kind of hypervisor uh, called Everrun. So this can work with third-party hardware to provide availability. And more recently, in the last couple of years, we brought out our new ZTC Edge portfolio, which kind of brings the best of both worlds of having a hardware platform that can go into the industrial environment, into a building environment, it doesn't need to be in a, an air-conditioned room or anything like that. And um, we also have the availability piece with that, where you can have high availability or even fault tolerance on, on that platform. Um, so we're very specifically driven around availability and virtualization, as, as, as you were talking about earlier. And uh, we have kind of three flavors in, in which way you can do that. Uh, you mentioned Everrun there, and I, I, I'm not sure how uh, that, that product name rings a bell with me. Was that always under the Stratus banner or was that actually belonging to somebody else originally? I'll take that if you like, Greg. Um, Everrun came out of an acquisition Stratus made a few years ago, eight, nine years ago, which was the Marathon product. Um, and uh, that gives us a lot of... Uh, um, legacy type uh, activity and um, what we've done is we've continued to develop that product along the lines of uh, the availability solutions we offer across our both our, our, across our platform solutions that Greg referred to FT servers ZTC um, so effectively we've stayed current um, so all our solutions hardware or software all use a very similar core uh, uh, implementation if you like and that Everrun platform is still a core to what we do uh, a lot of what we do certainly in the building management world um, certainly we've got a long history with Schneider Electric in that space using Everrun 
um, and in some cases back as far as uh, TAC days and the old uh, MX marathon products. So there's a little bit of history there that uh, we're, we're keen to uh, That's develop. That's fantastic. No, that's good. I, again, as I said, I did. Me, I, as soon as you mentioned the word ever run, there's something hit me on the back of my head and I thought, hang on a minute, where have I seen this before? And that's great because it means obviously in terms, as you've mentioned, in the building management world and buildings of the future, uh, you know, the Stratus uh, offer that you've got from what you talked about, Greg, uh, you've obviously got different options for different applications, which which I think we'll come back on to maybe and touch touch on in a, in a moment. But in terms of how you see and, and what has been driving the growth in your business, uh, particularly, I would say, uh, I think as more and more people, and I've touched this on this in previous podcasts about things like cybersecurity and things like that. What is, what is it that is driving your growth today? And where do you see, you know, the need? Because you talk about critical in infrastructure. Um, I suppose there's always a debate as define the word critical. Uh, and I, I suppose it's down to the user at the end of the day. But where do you see this is really starting to, to I would say, comfort. I, I, I use the word comfort, comfort um, people, owners, customers, you know, the data infrastructure. I'm, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. And the reason being was, I mean, at the beginning of the year, literally four weeks ago, my iMac just died on me. It complete, I lost everything. Fortunately, I'm trying to put this into layman's term, I happened to use the Apple time machine. And obviously I had to wait for a new computer to come that took three weeks under the COVID construction. But then connecting back the time machine, it was if I'd never lost my computer, which I found amazing, absolutely amazing. But that was like a three week lag. Now, obviously you talk about critical, I presume in your world then, this is, I use the word instant with caution, I'll let you elaborate on that, but I, I apologize that I've sort of really broadened this question, but it's a case of what's driving you? What, what is driving, what's, what, what's, yeah, how can I, but yeah, what's driving, what, where's the market going for you? It's good, it's a good question, Marcel. Let me try and put this back in layman's terms like, like you've done now. <laughs> Thank <But> you. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the first thing you asked about was what's, what's driving our business. Um, so digitalization across industry is driving our, our, our business, whether that's in the building management space, whether that's in oil and gas, wh wherever we might be working. And I know Schneider Electric cover a lot of these sectors. So this is the first, this is the mega trend that's obviously ha been happening for, for many years now. Um, where we fit into that is where customers are getting advantage out of digitalization is making sense of their data, you know, getting new value from that data, whether it's efficiency, whether it's performance data, whatever that might be. And you, you, you hit it, hit the nail on the head with your question is now customers are getting this data. What is really being defined as critical and what's not defined as critical. And a basic argument that we can say here, if you're collecting data and it's important to you, there is some level of criticalness to that data. You know, if, it, if you're going to invest in, you know, leading software applications, you're going to take uh, class leading uh, analytics and, and run that, you know, analytics is a great example in the sense that you're using historical data. If, if you lose that historical data, your accuracy to predict the future is also lost. So, where we fit into that is where that hardware that underpins that software, you know, that data that, that, that's, that's there. And um, this, is, this is why we're growing quite, quite rapidly is because customers are now saying, well, hang on a minute, I can't just run that on a laptop on, uh, you know, in, in, my, in my building and, and make sense of it. You know, like your example, you, you're, you're waiting, time machine's great, but I can't lose three or four days to wait for my, my new laptop to arrive. I can't, 
I have a building that's running on this, which has all sorts of interesting information, whether it's uh, information coming from CCTV, it could be, you know, air conditioning, whatever it, what data, whatever data you're collecting, you can't lose that for three days. So um, where, where our, pro our products kind of step into it is it underpins that software and data. And um, if you're running it, you, you really can have fault tolerant technology, which what this means is effectively there's no gap or missing bytes or anything. It, it's, a, it's a seamless transition. If hardware fails, like your laptop's failed, basically you have a, a laptop right there, ready to go, and, and is running that software. And as a, as a operator or somebody looking at that software, it's seamless. You won't see any change. So I often, I often kind of joke around that our demos are some of the most boring demos you can see. You know, when we show this, how a customer works. So here you imagine part of your building or part of your, your site's gone down. This is what's happened on the software. And of course, the, the person we're talking to said, well, nothing's happened. Exactly. Correct. It's a great example of just saying, you know, it's it, it boring. But that's that's what we specialize in is making sure everything carries carries on running and uh, it, it's uh, it's the way we work. You, you mentioned very early on the, the different product uh, names. Now, I, I, a simple question there. Are they associated to particular applications or are they associated to, I would say, particular installations, maybe? Or is it dependent on what the customer, how he wants that? Maybe you could explain the three different levels, because what you've explained to me is, OK, it's a super duper. Uh, listen, I'm not going to lose any of my data and it's an instant swap and I won't even notice it. So why the different product ranges? So I think uh, the way to look at it is uh, the software and the platform solutions. Um, software gives uh, a user total flexibility. So you may have an IT department that has a policy where they want to use a brand of some sort, um, Dell, Lenovo, HP, whatever it may be. So there may be an underlying um, lifecycle management or IT policy, which means they can only use or they prefer to use a certain type of hardware. You can't introduce any other hardware into that environment. So we can provide our availability solutions on effectively any Red Hat certified hardware, which is the majority of hardware that's produced out there. Um, in an ideal world, we'd love to sell you hardware. Now our hardware is, is, is designed and constructed and configured in such a way that we uh, optimize that, uh, that synchronization capability we require for delivering fault tolerance. So that's where something like FT server comes into its own. And as Greg referred to earlier, that FT server has, uh, has been the backbone of our business for a long time, right the way through our early days in finance, right through to the more current applications, which tend to be industrial uh, and even some security applications. Um, but ZTC is yet another step forward for us uh, because what it does, it gives us a, that simple, secure, protected platform that we aspire to um, in a way that we can make it very user-friendly. Um, it's, it's a rapid deployment, typically 20 or 30 minutes to develop, to deploy a full virtualized uh, fault tolerance solution. Uh, but it's an industrial form factor, which is very, very attractive in a lot of remote applications. Buildings and security, which is my background, it, it's very, very uh, interesting as a, as a development because we can hang fault tolerance servers 
on the DIN rails next to your controllers. That means there's no computer rooms to worry about. There's no approvals to be sought from the IT infrastructure people. You can hang it alongside your kit because that's what it's supporting. Um, so really it's horses for courses, really. We, we provide a totally flexible solution across probably most, re, most scenarios you can probably think of, whether that be high-end banking, whether that be wastewater management in, in a desert somewhere. We've got everything, we've got all, we've got the extremes and everything in between, and we can customize that to suit. So you'll find, for example, in some security applications, they're happy with software, but they like ZTC because it's easy to deploy and they've got all the hardware there, but they may have some situations where they want to reprovision existing Dell HP type hardware, which is something we can do with the software. Hey, if you've got a server sitting around, why not reuse it? There's no point in going out and buying something to, to sit in a cupboard, which is the traditional security BMS type uh, uh, situation yes. we find ourselves in. Collecting dust. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so we try yeah. and uh, cover all the areas with all our, our, our product portfolio. And that's why we've kept it fairly, fairly limited in terms of our product portfolio, just the, the software and the platform solutions. But with those three offerings, we can cover the vast majority of applications where you might have that kind of criticality of your data, which you wish to protect. So I think the final questions for this bit is, and I think this would be very important for the, you know, the audience to understand. So what is your go-to market and uh, who does the installation and probably more importantly, what sort of support packages offers or, you know, how, you know, or, or is it a sell and you, is it that easy to install yourself? What, what sort of offers do you give there then? So why don't we start with supporting and at the customer site and start with the end in mind, right? And our systems, the way they're, the way they're designed when they're installed and an, and an operations team is supporting it. Obviously there are differences between our software and our hardware based solutions, but really, um, the way they're designed is to say, you're not going to see a fault that happens. You will be notified of a, of a fault. And if you would like, Stratus can also be notified. And really the first thing that you would ever see would be a replacement node that shows up at your door the next day. And that's when you find out, oh, I had, a, I had an issue that occurred and now I have to uh, replace my, my failed node. And you go and you do that. And even the replacement um, the maintenance event to get you back up to uh, fully protected does not interrupt your operations. And that really is, is uh, what we strive to achieve within our support model. Um, it's, as Greg said, we try to keep it boring for you. Uh, boring is, is good in operations, right? Um, so so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the, the goal, the end in mind. Now, the way these systems are deployed, uh, really it depends on the complexity of the entire system. Um, some systems um, for the most part, for example, if you start with ZTC, you could, uh, we've, we've got some videos where, where our, um, I believe it's our CFO actually unboxes, unboxes the ZTC system and has it up and running within 30 minutes. And, and we have an intern doing it as well, right? They're wow. not IT people and they can really deploy the, the environment. However, um, the, the, the complexity comes into configuring the software and the applications that you really wanna run. So our goal is to empower the system integrators who are deploying um, these critical solutions into the environment um, to say, let's remove the complexity from computing and let's give you a package that allows you to focus on 
um, configuring your Schneider software, right? Configuring your EcoExpert software so that it delivers the value and you don't have to think about computing. Um, so to answer your question, really our, our go-to-market is, is alongside with the solutions that you, that you develop. Uh, typically it's, we're working with a partner such as yourself and enabling you to deploy a solution rather than always working with the end user who um, just wants the, the result from that solution. I think what you've described is a, is certainly I think a growing uh, industry in terms of what I've learned from you today as well. It's it, what you do is not going to go away. Uh, I don't think there's any other type of solution in terms of any way of doing this in another manner because it, as you said, it's protecting both the hardware and the software. And more importantly, as you said earlier on, it's all about the data retention and con continuity of the of the application. That whether whether it's perceived as critical by somebody or not. You know, it's still a case of having all that data available. Um, I thank you all for your time. I think it's been a real education. Um, and I think uh, I, I'll make sure that we, we post the, uh, the web page so that people know where to go to. And uh, certainly whether you are a Schneider eco-expert or not a Schneider eco-expert, obviously, uh, hopefully that uh, people will see that there, there is real benefit in your solution. Thank you. And we thank you for the time as well. So I'd like to thank the team there from Stratus. Uh, you first heard uh, the voice of Rudy Dander based in the, the US, and then you heard Greg Hookings and Duncan Cook, who gave you, I think, a very good insight into the type of technologies and the markets that these type of systems work in. I will now add also that if you are an eco-expert and obviously you have access to the internal podcast, I would encourage you to go and find the next episode, which will be episode 11 of the eco-expert eco podcast, because you'll then get access to some extra material that we recorded, which really starts to home into some of the actual features and how you as an eco-expert can go about getting uh, this as a service and a product and a pretty exciting exclusive information as to uh, one of the I would say huge advantages of using the Strata system on the commercial side so I really encourage you as an eco expert to to go and find that podcast on the exchange and uh, listen to it in its entirety. Now a little bit of a change. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to look at, in particular with COVID, was uh, one of the facts that obviously supermarkets and the retail world in particular is one of the industries that has constantly remained open the whole time. And then obviously I thought to myself, well, okay, how are these systems managed in terms of energy management, in terms of the technology today? So I hunted around and found a colleague of mine called George Das. Now, George is actually based on the other side of the world in New Zealand. And uh, he gave me an opportunity to talk to him about the retail world uh, and, and how that is coping and functioning today. So uh, here's an introduction to George um, and have a listen to, to some of the interesting bits of facts and features of what's happening in terms of uh, the retail industry. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Yes, definitely. In this part of the world now, it is uh, time. Yeah, nice. It's a good time now to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, in what I've been doing, so it's really focusing on the solutions that we are actually providing for our customers to really impact on their sustainability and goals for their business channels. 
um, for in Schneider Electric, so we have got different pillars, as we all know, and it's core that we bring them all together to really address all our customers' pain point, and that's really what's keeping me up at night, really focusing on what we are doing, what our customers are calling out for, and how we are partnering and using our channel to really make a big impact. And so, yeah, as a global solutions architect, yeah, we don't sleep much because we are supporting the whole sure. Europe. We got different timings. Yeah. Sure, I get that. So, it's, so maybe the, the first question I'll ask you then is at the moment, I mean, you're working in a retail point of view, What, in particular with what's going on around the globe at the moment that we're all aware of. And I've referred to this in our other e uh, podcasts that I've done over the over the last year, really. What is it that you're finding now are the biggest challenges of your your customers in terms of their their what I would call their previous challenges, and and how has this pandemic has has it even changed or influenced their thought processes, and what challenges is that presenting you? Very good question. So in the retail space, what we're seeing, even uh, before before pre pandemic, a lot of our chains and customers there they have got multiple multiple systems that they have to manage right and but there is no unifying way on actually achieving a centralized management and that's what's causing a lot of disjointment in their organization and the goals that they have set has been very hard to quantify and to actually affect it uh, meaningfully and during the pandemic, so we all know that, yes, it definitely hit the retail segment hard because of the way, you know, traditionally retail, uh, we got the bricks and mortar. But however, the online, so the e-commerce part that we are seeing now has really, really taken off. So there is, a, and all our retailers now are adapting their agile in order to take advantage of that e-commerce play. But uh, in saying so, they still have got the, the traditional problems on trying to meet their sustainability goals because we all know now, 2050, we have got the global 2050 sustainability targets for many countries. And a lot of our big multi-site chains, our customers, they want to be on this journey. They have to be on this journey. And so... Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic is still, there is an underlying problem of trying to understand what's happening in their business and how to be agile enough to get that data to make that impact. So yeah, the pandemic has definitely affected it, but it has created a very good foundation now for e-commerce players and also moving in a more agile manner for us as well. So in terms of your, um, I would say, day-to-day challenges, how do you in your role with Schneider Electric, what sort of systems, products, services are you sort of bringing together for your for your customers? And, and, and maybe I'll add to that then, is your, is, uh, who do you deal with? I mean, is it the actual retailer itself? Are it, is it facility management? Is it a mix of both depending on their requirements? Very, very good question. So... How we are approaching these issues, uh, these problems that uh, our retailers are facing is really to understand their business operations. So at every level, they have got different personas, actors that are actually influencing the running of the business for profitability. Their main goal is to generate their core business. So we are seeing now, we, at, we talk to every levels. 
I would say down to really the people on the ground who manage and try to keep that retail segment going right up to the planning where you could talk to the sea levels you talk to all the directors sustainability the core is to hit what their actual requirements are so the personas and actually put them together into a meaningful solution that would help them uh, perform their daily operation and also to meet their ultimate goal so that's where a lot of challenges we are we are facing where you know even in Shanghai electric we have got lots of different uh, verticals but bringing them together is where the success is that we have been working with every level and using the solutions across what we have and also third party we work a lot so our goal is really to unify unify their operations work with what they have today or what we can provide in order to achieve the goal and that's the ultimate uh, how do you, the ultimate goal for Schneider and what uh, we do in the retail segment is to meet the customer's requirement regarding what they have and also what we can provide can can you give me then a typical example of what we at Schneider would deploy or provide in terms of the actual systems and the products and then maybe you know the bits that we don't do i mean just give me a typical example and maybe explain what sort of retail we're talking about I mean, the question i haven't asked you is it are we talking about here uh outlet stores are we talking food stores restaurants are we talking uh supermarkets are we talking everything i mean uh, <laughs> what is the sort of focus <laughs> <laughs> true so the focus shifts yeah but honestly yeah we really focus on the core. So now what we are saying is, it does not matter. You can. We are talking about convenience stores, which are multiple. So the high volume, but smaller stores, right up to hypermarkets, supermarkets, which are really power hungry in the refrigeration space, and also small mid-sized uh, buildings. Now we have got, we are seeing 70% of the small energy use, small mid-sized buildings in the world. They are actually contributing to all this. Uh, to our CO2 emissions at Target. So we cover a range on yeah, the small convenience store right up to the actual supermarkets, hypermarkets. And for example, so if you're going to take a supermarket for uh, as a case study here, we would say that in Schneider Electric, so we do right up from the building management, which is your air conditioning controls, your security, your lighting, your power. We also really focus on the refrigeration controls to, uh, and using new new gases and new energy. And we manage that in a more, how do you say, holistic point of view where we integrate and understand what each system is doing. So a lot of our customers look at us as yeah, the energy management expert, which we are, but we also bring in the actual operational technology play as well in order to complement that energy management piece. Yeah, and to hit the yeah the requirements. Sure, sure. So I mean, it's it's uh, from what I can take from that, then it's really down to a product level. To for example, as you mentioned, supermarkets. So I presume the refrigeration control into the environmental control into the energy management, and then I presume data analysis. So you know, right down to you know from and and, and okay, and and then would that include systems like people counting? Because I know that's very important about now what how much footfall you have in a given stall to work out its efficiency, etc. Exactly, exactly. So our goal is to use energy only when it's needed and not 
when it's not needed. <laughs> so yes, we really use uh, bleeding edge technology. So now we're using even vision. So in cameras, in analytics to understand the gender, the the people that are coming in, what is their average times they're coming in. We are also working with higher end analytics companies who has got data on movement. So we can pre pre-scale a store up or down based on what's happening inside in real time. So dynamically. So as I said, a lot of times to our customers, gone are the days where we give uh, our customers a report saying, here, this is how much you have uh, wasted, by the way. Today, we're talking about the hyper-efficient space. And that requires real-time data and dynamic control, where we say, hey, Mr. Customer, by the way, this is how much we have saved you already last month. And that's where our core focus in Schneider in the retail segment is, is to really provide that real-time data savings across all their sites. Yeah. Sure, sure. So maybe, you know, with everything that's going on, um, do you have a view as, I mean, you, you've addressed all the situations that they're being faced with at the moment. We have the uh, the climate agreements, 2050. You know. Is there a trend or a sense of direction that you're now seeing that these retail chains, these owners, uh, you know, the, the, the what I call the luxury goods, do you have a sense, because you're working there in a day, day in, day out basis, do you see a trend into where or what those expectations are heading towards in terms of technology, in terms of is it, you know, is the focus on, you know, purely energy? Is it purely, you know, safety now at the moment of, you know, the distancing? things? Maybe you could give us some insights of how you see that developing now over the coming years. Yes, so definitely there is a clear trend across even our luxury, our guest petrol stations, your, your QSR, quick service restaurants. There is a clear trend of scope emissions. So that doesn't mean uh, only on energy. We also see how waste is, uh, waste management is coming into play across the food retailers. The non-food retailers as well, like they have got scope three emissions uh, monitoring where, where their cotton comes from. They also got traceability and transparency now to give more for the end users to the consumers. So that's a really clear trend in what we are seeing as a as a request. Not only as a request, they're seeing that as a foundation now. It's like a standard that retailers are looking forward because also our millennials and all the the people like us, we want more information when we are actually going out there. And we want to make sure that we trust the brands that we are actually engaging with. And so the brands, the retail brands are actually taking this on board. And the trend is really to enhance this experience, but also taking care of our planet on what's happening. Sure, sure. So I think um, in summary, my takeaway is really, I mean, even with the pandemic, the retail space is not going to go away. I think that's a very loud uh, uh, message that I'm hearing from you. And certainly, in, and just my own experiences here living in a, in, a, in a small town, you know, what has been open the whole time are the supermarket chains. They have to, to distribute all the food that people need and things like that. So that's not going to go away either. So, of course, you know, with the, with the global uh, focus on energy efficiency and, you know, the CO2 drops that we have, have in the Paris Climate Accord and things like that. Um, it certainly is, and I think you would agree, a very strong message to our eco experts. Get involved, uh, you know, get, learn these skills. There are opportunities there for you. And 
with your help and your team's help, you know, we can open doors for them. Exactly, Martin. And that's, yeah, that's our key message. Let's change this world together. Brilliant. Oh, that's a great message to end on. And uh, George, I thank you so much uh, for staying up so late um, and, and sparing some time. I know you've had a, a very busy day. So uh, uh, again, thank you so much. I really, really thank you for giving us this, uh, this insight into what's going on in, in this world. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future at some time. It's a real pleasure, Martin. Yeah, thank you very much for this opportunity. Thanks. So once again, a huge thank you to George. Uh, you could hear him at the beginning of the, of the podcast a bit with his uh, with his family and his wife in the background in the kitchen there. So uh, uh, again, thank you for him for staying up so late to, to really give us an insight into um, you know the retail world of today and some of the changes that uh, have occurred subsequently to COVID, but obviously have been in around uh, in place for some time even before in terms of the way that they look at the entire infrastructure and how the systems and technology can can really help them. And again, for you eco-experts that have uh, access to the exchange and can listen to the internal podcast, uh, I would encourage you to, to listen to the episode 11 as well, because there we have some extra material again that I recorded for him, which is specifically aimed at giving you some information about the systems and solutions that we have within Schneider that, that is going to, to help you. So um, thank you for tuning in again and uh, please look out for the next episode that will be coming fairly soon. Thank you for making it to the end of this EcoExpert podcast, Enabling Buildings of the Future by Schneider Electric. We hope you enjoyed the content and maybe even learned something. Make sure you subscribe to receive the latest episodes automatically to your device. Please visit our podcast webpage, which is located on our Schneider Electric EcoStructure Building and Power website, which is at ecoexpert.se.com forward slash podcast, in order to learn more about the hosts, content specific to the podcast, and if you've got a moment, why not leave us a review? Preferably a nice one. <laughs>